Welcome to The Future of What? I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. On today's episode, we continue our ongoing discussion on ways to build diverse companies and support mental health, wellness, equity, and inclusion for both artists and executives throughout the industry. It's all coming up on The Future of What? My guest today is Sandy Taylor. She is the Senior Vice President, Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at BMI. Sandy, welcome to the future of what? Thank you, Portia. It's my pleasure for being here, and thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. So the theme of our podcast today is, you know, we know that everything changed in the music industry and everything changed, I think, in in many industries in 2020 with the murder of George Floyd. You know, it it caused a lot of awareness, uh, caused a lot of people to commit to change. And so I think it's important, at least from what I do in the music industry, to continue having this conversation and to keep this conversation alive and to continually check in with where we are as an industry. So now you came to BMI last year from the banking industry. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> awesome. And so, you know, with your new, new-ish, you know, your, your old role at BMI, you know, how have you found the response, you know, in your company and, and sort of the industry as you've observed it so far? Yes, you know, thank you for that introduction, Portia. You're spot on with regards to the fact that there was essentially an explosion of this space um, across all industries after the George Floyd killing. So uh, when I did arrive at BMI, they were quite ready and had the appetite for such a role. They had already done some internal work uh, with the leadership team, as well as had a task force in place that all came to the conclusion that this role was necessary for the company. So when I did arrive, it was extremely well received. Uh, The appetite for the information or the guidance that I shared was tremendous, which actually fueled my work and my energy, just seeing the eagerness and uh, hunger for growing and further, you know, growing further in this space. As I said, they'd done a few things, but Uh, what I was bringing to the table, they were quite appreciative of, and I received enormous feedback as it pertains to the gratification for what I was sharing. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's gotta be a good way to start a new job. It is. It it, it is. And what I also will share is with this role, it's really extremely important that you have what I call ear cover so that when you are knocking on doors or you are helping to drive change in an organization for a culture, that you have the right leadership that will support you in that work. And my leader is our chief executive officer, president and chief executive officer, uh, Michael O'Neill. He is absolutely phenomenal in that regard. So having the right management that will support you, that will advocate, that will demonstrate what you're trying to impress upon the masses in the organization is absolutely critical. Absolutely. So leadership is, uh, you know, you would say that is a key component of you know, creating a new DEI strategy at a company, what other key factors are necessary for that? Absolutely. What I've found is that it's really important 
um, not to walk into a space thinking solutions. It's more important to walk into it gaining an appreciation and an understanding of exactly where do the opportunities lie? What are the problems? What are the challenges? And, and, and where might you prioritize your focus based on what you've gleaned from your understanding of the opportunities? And, and how does one do that? Well, first you have what I call, you gain your anecdotal information, right? Mm -hmm. So you speak to people, you listen, you either have focus groups, you have one-on-ones. You can also do it with your quantitative data, right? So Mm -hmm. you can have maybe results of an employee survey, an opinion survey that might have been conducted. What is that data telling you? What are your numbers in the organization? If you want to look at the actual percentages of marginalized groups by level, where do you stand and where are the opportunities there? So there are several ways of gaining that information, but it's it's really critical to really l- allow that to be your foundation um, before you do move into the next step of developing or creating a strategy. So one thing that I think about a lot, you know, in building my own team at Music Biz and looking at, you know, because we deal with companies throughout the music industry is, you know, a lot of conversation has been around strategies for hiring, right? You know, hiring more minorities, more underrepresented people. But really, I feel like there has to be more to it than that because you can hire people, but if they don't feel supported in their growth throughout their career in a company, I don't think you're going to keep those people. So what's your strategy for that, for retention and, and you know, career development in addition to just hiring? Absolutely, because what we have to think about And you're spot on with that. It has to be more than hiring because you have to ensure that once the talent arrives, uh, you know, they get in the door, that they do feel supported, they feel connected, and that they feel that they're in a position to perform at their optimal best. So one of the things that I really advocate for is allyship. Mm. And I talk a lot about it, and I talk about it often, because I think it's so critical for one to feel that they are supported, they have a sense of belonging and connectivity, uh, because that then allows them to thrive Mm -hmm. with their day-to-day work. We've done a few things as it pertains to allyship. In fact, I did a training across the company by department. And what I wanted to do was ensure that they had a clear understanding of what is allyship, where it comes into play, and how it can intersect with their day-to-day. And so in doing that, I think it really created a a significant amount of awareness in terms of what the individual can do, whether it's someone who's recently hired or someone who's been on the team already, but just to show that they are a partner or a teammate or true teammate in helping to ensure that the experience of that person who's unlike them is, is equitable to theirs. We had a campaign that we ran, uh, we called it Speak Up, and we launched it in April of this year. And essentially what the messaging was is to say, you at times will have a little voice in your head uh, in a given situation. And that little voice may say, hmm, you probably should speak up because I guarantee you that Portia did not feel really good about that joke that was just made or that comment that was just made or the fact that she's being excluded from the lunch invites or from the after work invites. So maybe I should say something or that was a that joke was really out of line. It was very offensive. 
I probably should let them know that even though I'm not the brunt of the joke, I am still offended that it was made because I know that it would have hurt someone else's feelings. So we did a few things around that in terms of coming back to the premise of being empowered and being motivated to speak up. That's awesome. You know, it really makes me think about this younger generation of people, these younger music executives. We have a very active sort of junior executive group at Music Biz. And, you know, there's these these people that I guess are, you know, under 40 young professionals. They have a very different attitude I've been finding towards, you know, what they will put up with in the workplace, certainly different from how it was 20, 25 years ago when I was their age. Are you finding that as well? Oh, absolutely. And and that's not new. That's been happening, I guess, since I first entered this space uh, far prior to BMI. I noticed that early on. Uh, I noticed a couple of things actually early on. One is that they're very forthcoming with their beliefs and their values and what they expect from where they're going in terms of what company they're going to next. And they state it. They ask the questions in the interviews. They ask the questions, you know, day one. They, uh, they make recommendations. And they're very selective with where they go based on what they see from the company because they, they find that this is important. The other thing that I noticed was they don't necessarily need so much awareness and education as mm. everyone else. They get it. <laughs> they really get it. Right. And I first, I'll tell you a story. I first noticed that I was speaking to an audience. This was back in the banking days. It was a large audience of interns. And as you probably know, in the banking industry, they take in a large class of summer interns during the summers. And so this was a global audience that was about over 500 kids. So I'm standing on the stage and I'm talking to them and I literally had to pivot like almost mid-segment because I realized that what I was saying to them was pure gibberish. They're sitting there looking like, we get this. Like, why are you talking to us about this? They're yawning, they're squirming. So I literally had to shift and start thinking and talking about employee resource groups and how fun they are and what they can do and how they could be involved and contribute and help us to have the energy around it. So no, you're absolutely right. They are very forthcoming they are relentless and um, they don't hold back. That is so interesting. So another thing, it's just, it's making me, you know, think because the music industry, I mean, the music industry is a lot like other industries, but it's a little bit different. It's more like the, you know, film industry or the TV industry in that it's sexy, right? It's got this mystique mm-hmm. and it's, you know, you know, it's about creativity and, and people love that. And one thing that I've noticed, you know, thinking especially along those lines is that, you know, the old guys at the top, they stay mm-hmm. forever in the music industry. <laughs> they never leave. And it's just so funny because it's like, you know, this is sort of our challenge, right? It's it's like if everyone's like, oh, well, you know, these young people are so aware. Why, isn't, why aren't things changing faster? Mm-hmm. And I think it's always because everything is top down. Everything is, you know, the folks with the power are the, are the people who've been around the longest. And it is sometimes really a challenge, I think, to try to crack that and and just say, listen, you know, I know you've been doing this for 50 years or 30 years or whatever, but, you know, times have changed. So I just, I, I don't know if that's true in the banking industry. I, I have this theory that bankers like to retire and go play golf or something, but apparently people <laughs> in the music industry don't like to do that. 
You know, you are absolutely right. I noticed that that was actually quite shocking to me because I had been in the banking industry for most of my career. So when I did get to BMI and I started hearing 10 years of 25 years, 20 years and 20, like the average was maybe 15, 18 years. I was like, wow, that is unheard of (laughs) where I'm from. (laughs) Folks maybe spend three years or nine years and, you know, three to nine years and they, they move on. So yes, and you do tend to find that in those cases, there's this one good old boys club mm-hmm. there is there is the way of doing things that are hard to change because that's just what they know that's all they know right and they haven't been exposed to other ways of thinking other ways of engaging other ways of ensuring that there's inclusivity in how they conduct their meetings or select their teams or or share their assignments so it literally is baby steps mm-hmm. uh, i've found and the, the way that I, I think it works best is to go in with the mindset that this is creating change. And when you're creating change, you're going to have growing pains and you have to explain it in that way. And, and knowing that there may be some who may resist uh, because it's uncomfortable, but letting them know it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's when you're growing. And some of these topics are going to be not so easy to digest. Some of the suggestions that we're making for you to do things differently may not come easy because that's not your normal way of doing things, but be receptive, be open and be willing to take the baby steps. And, and, and that's the way to, um, to really get to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, do you, are you feeling positive in general about the change that is happening across the industry? I mean, I know you've just said baby steps, which I agree with, you know, we, we have to take what we can but um, I just wondered, you know, how, how your general outlook is these days. I think there's a lot more that can be done by all means, truly, especially in executive management mm-hmm. across this industry. And I say across this industry, it's actually not unique so much to the music industry. You just still, fi- you still find a lack of diversity in most industries as it pertains to leadership. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot more to do. Uh, I feel like Sometimes I do wish it was not baby steps whether it pertains to, when it you know pertains to certain things that it was more giant steps mm-hmm. but we have to take folks where they are and and help to bring them along I'm a true believer of that mm-hmm. um, but in tandem pushing and pushing and introducing and tweaking along the way so Bottom line, to answer the question, yeah, there's so much more that can be done and I and I feel the pace could be a little faster. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, like I said at the beginning of this interview, you know, one thing that we can do, that we can all do is keep the conversation going, right? Mm-hmm. And and make sure that this doesn't just fall into the, you know, oh, we, we talked about that in 2020. We don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, keep keep mm-hmm. it keep it fresh, keep it going. And also keep highlighting the successes, you know, that that people have been having and the and the positive efforts that people are making for change. It's its all across the industry and people are doing it every day and it's very, very inspirational. I absolutely agree. And I'm a huge proponent of advertising the successes because I really think it motivates others, um, inspires others. And it also gives you know those who are in the marginalized groups a sense of comfort in knowing that the change is coming and it is being made. So to the extent that you can highlight that, communicate it often, um, is always a win-win. It's a very, very, very positive approach. 
Sandy, with that in mind, talking about success stories, do you mind sharing some of the efforts that you've been making that have been successful and inspirational so far? Oh, happy to. I love sharing. We've we've determined early on after some of the uh, listening sessions that we conducted, focus groups that were that was you know something that was led by myself and our CEO Michael Neal where we literally talked and listened to hear what were the experiences of the different communities and what were your needs and, and, and what, what might make you feel more connected or appreciated or valued. And where we arrived is, one, is to help to ensure that those different communities had a source of connectivity. And so BMI did not have employee resource groups. And that being the case, it was full throttle to launch these employee resource groups because that was an overwhelming message that we received from all of the discussions that we had. So we launched six employee resource groups in January of last year. Whoa. We, yes. That's all a at lot. Once. All at once. <laughs> all at once. Oh we, we launched Women, uh, Pride. Uh, we launched Family. We launched uh, Mosaic uh, as the umbrella for the Asian American Pacific Islander Network, the Black Network, and the um, Hispanic and Latino Network. So those are the six. And what I will highlight is we're about to launch a seventh in January. And that one will be uh, leading with education and awareness of disabilities. Oh, wow. Yes. awesome. So that's um, one of the things that we thought was critically important. And then the other was to help build the awareness across the company, just generally speaking. We had quite a few fireside chats where we had some of our artists uh, join us and speak about their own experiences. We had some high-profile speakers. We had Gloria Steinem speak mm. for us, with us. I had the great pleasure of interviewing her and uh, for Women's History Month singer-songwriter B.B. Winans and Rob Thomas, they sat together and spoke about the value of difference and how much more we are alike than we are different. Mm. Great conversation. We had Sir the Baptist, um, who's an actor and singer, and he and B.B. Winans spoke about the history of black music and how it impacted culture, all culture. And then one that I was also very proud of for our LGBTQ plus community, we had Miss Lawrence speak about his coming out experience and his uh, what has helped him to feel empowered and valued and appreciated and embraced for who he is. What are some of the things that people have done? Like it was almost as if he was making recommendations for those who were in the organization to think about or consider when having someone on the team who is of that community or a family member um, or friend. So so those are some of the things that we did. We we had a real concerted effort and made an approach as it pertains to mental health awareness Mm. also. Mm -hmm. As I'm sure you know, Portia, in terms of mental health awareness, um, that's across the board in every industry, but you certainly see it in the music industry. And we partnered with an external partner who had an experience of her own. And she now has a company that, um, Shanti Das, I'll throw her name out. She was excellent. Um, We had her speak, we had a psychologist speak, 
and just kind of share some nuggets of things to think about when you're in a crisis or you see someone in a crisis. So it was very specific and directive in terms of nuggets that people were able to walk away with. So we've done a lot of work, I think, around the mental health space and have more things to come. We also offered the Calm app to our entire organization mm. and encouraged uh, them to use it and gave ideas on how to use it. We even had a, we just completed a little competition for the month of November for anyone who had 100 plus hours on the app, then they would be able to be uh, eligible to receive a gift. So we had great participation from that, just got the numbers from that the other day. So yes, these are some of the things that we've done that we've found that have been quite impactful and very well received. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on all that great work. Thank you so very much. Well, Sandy Taylor is the Senior Vice President, Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at BMI. And Sandy, thank you so much for being with me today on The Future of What? Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it being here. And this is a a topic that absolutely should always uh, stay current. And we have to keep talking about it. Thank you. And that's our show. Our theme song is Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five and is played by permission. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Today's show was engineered by Misuzu Enaga and Clark Buckner at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and was produced by Dana Rogers and Henrik Bick. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. See you next time. Can I have a taste of your ice cream?